Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. How are you guys this morning? Welcome to church. So glad you're here. If you got your Bibles, get them out. Got a word for you this morning. All right. How many of you were here um, last week um, for any, any of the City Lights Nights conference that we just did? Okay. Many, many of you. Well, getting some more claps up there. Um, wow, what an event. Um, God did so much. Um, we, actually, we actually haven't even had a chance with our, with our leadership team to, to debrief and talk about the, the, the pros and cons and all that kind of stuff. But I believe God did so much uh, in that conference. You know, it's, it, was a, it was a week long, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, but God, um, every night was extraordinary. Every night was unique. And God did uh, more than I even thought he would do. Um, and I just want to say, once again, thank you to everyone who stepped up and helped make that event um, a success. Um, but what I want to do today is on the heels of, um, of that conference, I want to talk about how we steward those God kind of moments and how we steward um, the things that God deposits in us. Um, specifically, I want to talk about how we steward God's voice. The title of our message today is called Stewarding God's Voice. Um, I believe God, he deposited many things in us individually, many things corporately. And I just want to take a moment, and if you weren't at the conference, it's like this still applies to you, because I'm going to talk about how we steward God's voice. When he speaks to us, when we have a word of prophecy is given to us, how do we, how do we steward that in such a way that God wants us to? Um, so we're chewing on a lot of the things that um, the Lord was saying that week. We had a lot of prophetic words, or actually prophetic words on Monday and on Friday about a building. And uh, we actually don't know when or where or how that's going to necessarily unfold. Um, But we're excited, and I think we're getting a clearer picture of where God is leading us. Um, For those of you who don't know, we actually have uh, $419,000 saved um, for our building. So not bad for... Not bad for a church that's three years old. Um, so that's the good news, $419,000. What's the bad news is whenever I look at land or property, it's like millions of dollars. So, um, But we, we believe that God has a space for us. And again, we don't know how this could be six months away. It could be a year away. It could still be, you know. I don't think God would tell me if it was 10 years away because he knows I couldn't handle that. So <laughs> sometimes he hides things from you, you know. So... But it's, it's, it's coming, God has something amazing for us, and so um, on that note, if you guys find any property, it's got to be at least like four acres or something like that. Uh, we're kind of just in the mode of looking and hunting, but um, God will open that up eventually. So. But anyway, how do we steward the voice of God? God has a plan, a purpose, and a destiny for each one of us. And the enemy of your soul, the enemy of my soul, would love nothing more than to stifle what God wants to do in us and through us. Um, so this message today, this can kind of be a catch-all for it, really anything God speaks to us. Um, how, do, how do you steward prophecy? How do you steward promises that he's given you? How do you steward those divine moments? Um, how, how many got something out of that conference last week? Like how many got like a word or a, a prophecy? I mean, come on, the Lowry's got just hammered with 
with prophecy and, and, and Bob, Bob Hazel was like reading your guys' mail. Like there were some good things there. Um, but it's important that we know what to do with those things now, with those prophetic words and those kind of stuff. Um, for those of you who are uh, maybe new to City Lights Church, we believe this, we believe, we have this funny doctrine, okay? We believe that God actually talks to us, right? God actually talks to us, okay? Um, now, this concept might be strange to the world around us, but to the believer, this is very important. In fact, if you want your coworkers and your family to think you're weird, just go around saying, God told me, God told me, God told me, right? Um, it's actually better nuanced a little bit, saying like, I feel like God said, or he's put this on my heart, you know. That's, yes, God speaks to us. Um, Jesus said this, John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Listen, as Christians... We are supposed to discern and follow God's voice, to hear his voice. This is, actually, I would call this an amazing promise. That, like, if you're a sheep, if you're a follower of God, you have the right to hear his voice. Look at this verse, uh, uh, John chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. He, speaking of Jesus, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, listen, children have the right to hear their father's voice. Okay, if you believe in his name, you've received him, you have the right to hear your father's voice. And so hearing God's voice should not be something considered strange or unusual or abnormal. Hearing God's voice should be something that's normal for the believer, normal for the Christian. Amen? Okay, so um, I'll give a little disclaimer before I um, get into the, the substance here. Um, for different reasons at different times, sometimes we go, for, go through seasons where you're just not hearing God well. You know, I've, I've gone through seasons like that where it's like, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know where you are, you know? Um, so if you're in a season like that, don't fall into like a quandary, like, do I really know him? Am I really a believer? Like, no, we all have seasons like that where it's harder to hear God's voice. Um, personally, I feel encouraged at the moment, and I do feel like he's speaking um, but none of us have the full picture of what God is saying. None of us have the full picture. And so, um, yeah, don't fall into a quandary. But God speaks. Um, sometimes, we're not, sometimes we aren't listening well. Sometimes we have trouble hearing. And sometimes God just speaks in a different way to us than what we're used to. And so we have to be a little bit malleable and a little bit flexible to discern how God is speaking to us. So this isn't really a message on... Um, how to hear God's voice. It's really more of a message how to steward what he is speaking to us. But let me just for the sake of this, this lesson here, um, how does God speak? I'll, I'll give just a couple quick ways. Number one, and primarily, God wants to speak to you through his word. If you're like, oh, God doesn't speak to me and I never get anything from him, well, let me ask you this question. Are you in the word? Because really the primary he wants to speak to you is, is reading the word and letting the Holy Spirit speak to you and energize and, and, and make these words on this page come alive. This book is tried and true and it doesn't need tested. This is tested and approved. Okay. And in fact, anything outside of scripture that we feel like God is giving us has to line up with scripture. Okay. So that's important. Um, and if you don't know the Bible and you think God's saying something to you, then how do you know if it's his will or not? One of the, one of the best ways we know is if we're in the word. 
But God speaks in other ways too. He speaks, he can speak to us in dreams. How many are dreamers here? Okay, I'm, I'm a dreamer. My, my wife is not really a dreamer. I have lots of dreams. My wife is more of a knower. She just kind of has a, an intuitive, this is the right thing to do. This is the right decision. This is the way we're supposed to go. This is the way we're not supposed to go. Okay, she's kind of intuitive like that and just has a knowing in her spirit. I'm a little bit different. I, um, I have dreams and, and God speaks to me through dreams. But God speaks to different people in different ways. God speaks in visions. God speaks, sometimes if you have a burning passion or a burning desire in your heart to do something in your life. Sometimes that is God directing you. He's guiding you. He's putting that burning passion in you to do something. And so um, he speaks in many ways. And it's kind, of, it's kind of our skill that we have to develop to hear God, to find out how he speaks to us personally, because everyone is different. Have you ever wondered, though, why God doesn't just come down and speak to us in plain English? Like plain old English. Um, typically, it's not an audible voice that people hear. I've, I've known people that have heard the audible voice of God. Typically, it's not that. Typically, it's that small, still voice in your heart that God speaks to you. It's, a, it's that impression. It's, I don't know. It's like God is gentle. He, he gives those impressions in our hearts or um, those ways. But um, he doesn't just typically come down and in plain English just tell us what he wants or where he wants us to go or what he wants us to do. Um, typically, it's those impressions. One of the reasons I think he speaks to us in mysterious ways is because I think God likes to kind of keep us on our toes and keep us in a seeking posture. Okay, um, Proverbs 25, verse 2, it says this, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. Okay, the glory of God to conceal a matter the glory of kings to search it out. Um, uh, I like to say it like this. God doesn't hide things from us. Many times he hides things for us. Okay? Because it's not necessarily about the end game, the destination. It's about the journey and the process with God, which is exactly what you would expect out of a relationship with someone. Okay? Um, let me give an example. He hides things for us, not things from us. How many of you have ever hidden uh, Easter eggs for your kids? Easter egg hunt. Okay, you're not hiding, you're not technically hiding them from the kids, right? You're actually hiding them for the kids to find. Okay, and you know, when they're really young, you just leave them out like in plain sight. You're like, oh, an Easter egg. Um, and then when they get a little more advanced, you start hiding them in more, you know, harder places to find. Okay, but I believe that's what God many times does in our lives. He, he hides clues here and there. And sometimes the word of the Lord for me is in a friend. Sometimes it's at church through a pastor. Sometimes it's in the word of God. Sometimes it's in a dream. He does this because he likes to keep us in a posture of seeking. And it keeps us in a humble place, actually. Okay. Um, and this is exactly what you'd expect out of a relationship with the living God. And it's part of, the, part of our process of maturity is navigating through that ambiguity in life. And because, listen, we're on a faith walk, aren't we? Yes. We're all on a faith walk. We're not necessarily on a knowing walk. Like, we're on a faith walk with God. And so he doesn't reveal everything to us all at once. Like I said at the beginning, we probably wouldn't be able to handle it if he revealed everything to us. He gives us what we need in little pieces, Okay. Um, let me give you an example of this. Even um, Bob Hazlett, who was here this last week, um, Bob is not just someone who has the simple gift of prophecy. Bob is actually a prophet. He's a prophet of the Lord. Um, he holds the office. But guess what? 
even, even Bob Hazlett, doesn't have the complete picture, right? Um, uh, just to give you an example of this, we went to dinner with Bob on, on Saturday, and, and I think sometimes people think, oh, there's a prophet, they have all the answers for themselves. Like, I, I've known many prophets, and a lot of times, you know, they'll get something crystal clear for other people, and they, like, are not sure what God's even doing in their own life. And I think God does that on purpose. He sets it up in such a way that I need you, and you need me, and you need the person across the room for you. Um, so we went out to dinner with Bob and his wife, and, and they're, they're trying to navigate things. They're trying to hear from God. They're, they're, they're praying about decisions. They're praying about dreams they had. We're all on this journey. Even people who have crystal clear prophecy sometimes, many times, they, they're still on a faith journey as well, okay? God um, doesn't reveal everything uh, to one person, okay? So prophets are not infallible, and no one possesses all knowledge except for God, of course, okay? We're on a journey to find the will of God for our lives, and it's not just about the end. It's about the journey, the process that he has us in, because what is he trying to do? Jesus is trying to mature us, right? Jesus wants you to be mature. He wants you to be a mature believer. He wants you to grow up into him in all things. And keeping us in that, that state of, of um, seeking the Lord and, and trying to find what he's saying for us is really good for us. It's really good for you, actually, to be in that position of, if, you just, if God just spoon-fed everything to us and gave us to us, we actually wouldn't mature. It's actually in sometimes the struggle. It's actually in that process that we mature and become more like him. So... That's why he doesn't just, boom, come down and give us everything we need, you know, or everything we think we need um, all at once. Okay, so how do we steward God's voice? How do we steward it? Well, first of all, before I get into a couple of the practicals, <clears throat> I want to point out that with the exception of the Word of God, because again, this isn't needing to be tested. With the exception of the Word of God, we need to test what, he, what we feel like he's saying to us, okay? Words of prophecy, words of direction, prophetic promises, those kind of things, we need to test those things, okay? The Bible says this. Um, we don't want to swallow them hook, line, and sinker until you've tested them. And let me give you a couple of scriptures. We've talked about these before, but First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, 19 through 22, it says this, do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil, Okay? Um, I find it interesting. The Bible says, don't quench the Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. The implication is, you can quench the Holy Spirit. How can you quench the Holy Spirit? Well, one example right here is by treating prophecies with contempt. Okay? By saying, oh, God doesn't speak anymore. He doesn't move anymore. He's not guiding anymore. Oh, and whatever. That's weird. Okay, that's treating prophecy with contempt. That's actually a way to quench the Holy Spirit. Okay? I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to have... I don't want to extinguish what God's wanting to do in my life. Amen? I want, I want God to have liberty to do what he's in my life. I want the, to fan and to flame the gift of God that he's given me. Amen? Okay, so we, but we do, having said that, we do have to test things that we feel like he's saying to us. If you feel like God's speaking something to you, you have to be able to test it. Um, how do you do that? Again, is it biblical? Does it bear witness with your spirit? Are there people in your life, pastors or leaders, authorities in your life, where you can go to them and tell them what you feel like God's saying, and can you submit that to them? That's, that's a good way to test a prophetic word, by the way. Hey, I feel like I'm getting this. And bounce it off of some people who, are, who could speak into your life, who are authorities in your life. That's a good way to test it. Um, let me give you another scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, 29. 
um, Paul is instructing the church in Corinth. Um, they're getting a little wild. He's like, hey, we need to have some order in your services, okay? So he's, how do we have orderly worship? He says, two or three prophets should speak, and then the others should weigh carefully what is said, okay? So don't have a free-for-all. Two or three prophets should speak at a time, and th- but then what is said needs to be weighed carefully, okay? Test prophet- prophetic words. Test what you feel like God's saying to you. Submit it to authority. Submit it to leadership. Submit it to friends so that you know that that is a genuine word, a genuine direction that God is leading you in. Okay, so um, once we've kind of vetted something and like, yes, this is, this is a tested and approved word from the Lord, what do we do with it, okay? Today I want to talk to you about three things that I think we need to do with words of direction, words of prophecy, words of knowledge. Um, I believe when God speaks, there are three categories that we can put those in, and it takes some discernment to figure out um, which one of these, okay? So, uh, number one, um, when God speaks, response number one is, hear the word and nothing else is required, okay? There are times when God will speak to you, and what he said will come to pass with or without your cooperation, Vote yes, vote no, like it, don't like it, pray for it, fast for it, don't forget about it, it'll come to pass because God said it will, okay? There are certain things like that. Uh, Let me give you an example. Uh, I'll give you a few examples, actually. Um, Example number one, and really anything in Scripture, is the return of Jesus. Jesus is coming back to this world. Why? He said he would, right? And I believe Jesus, right? I believe Jesus more than I believe myself, you know? Um, Jesus said he's coming back to this world. This is happening whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you voted yes or voted no, he's coming back, okay? There are certain things like this in the world. Um, Anything prophetically that the Bible speaks about, a future event, like it, don't like it, vote yes, vote no, it's gonna happen, okay? And so um, there are certain things that God will speak over us or certain directions he'll give us and you don't have to do anything, it's going to happen, okay? Um, let, me, let me just try to put a little more meat on the bone here so you kind of know what I'm talking about. Have you guys ever, um, have you ever been in a situation where um, you're, you're doing something and then you realize while you're doing it, oh, I had a dream about this before. Has that ever happened to anyone? And you didn't, like, like you didn't try to get into that situation, you just found yourself standing in that situation like, oh my gosh, last night I had a dream about this. This has happened to me a few times. Um, I'll give you an example. When, before my wife and I were in ministry, we, uh, uh, my wife was in property management, and she needed, um, she said, hey, there's a property in Loveland, and we need to get some patio furniture over to Greeley, and you have a truck. Would you mind going uh, in your truck, picking up this patio furniture, and bring it over to Greeley? And I'm like, sure, I'll do that for you. So I go and pick up the patio furniture, and because... I didn't really tie it down very good. I just I decided to kind of stay on some country roads. Um, they were kind of obscure and off, off the beaten path a little bit. And I'm driving, and all of a sudden, um, oh, let me see how, how I built this. Okay, a couple weeks before that, um, I'm, I, have a, I had a Toyota Tacoma, and my turn signals just stopped working. Just, I don't know why, they stopped working. I checked the fuses, I checked the wires, I checked the bulbs. I could not figure out why my turn signal stopped working. Had no idea. And so um, I'm driving on this road, 
kind of on the obscure path trying to stay off of like main roads. And out of habit, I hit my turn signal and all of a sudden my turn signals start working again, like randomly. And then it just clicks to me. I had a dream about this the night before. I had a dream. I was driving on some obscure road. I hit my turn signal and my turn signal started working. Okay, random, right? We're <laughs> not so random. And so I'm like, okay, I, I couldn't have planned to be here. I couldn't have tried to be here. I, I couldn't have done anything to make this happen. But I had a dream last night this happened. I'm not talking about deja vu. That's totally different. I'm talking about I dreamt this. I didn't think about the dream until just now, and now it's happening. Okay? So I asked the Lord. I'm like, Lord, what? <laughs> okay, obviously you spoke something to me. Why? Why, why, why give me this dream? And this is what I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, I want you to know that your steps are ordered by me. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. You're at the right time. You're at the right place. You're doing the right thing. I'm leading your life, okay? I'm leading you. My life, your life is in my hands. That's what I felt like God was saying to me. And it was obviously really encouraging too, okay? Um, <clears throat> so there are times God will speak something. Maybe God will give you a, a you know, prophetic word from someone. You can put it on the shelf. You can forget about it. And then years later, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, I had, a, I had a prophecy about this years ago. I had a dream about this years ago, and I didn't do anything to make this happen, and it happened, okay? Does this make sense to you guys? Okay, that's category number one. And there are certain things like that. When you receive something, you're like, I don't know about that, and just put it on the shelf, and maybe pray about it, maybe don't pray about it. Okay, that's category number one. Okay, and time will, will vet that one out. Okay, the second response when God um, speaks is that the word only requires you to hang on to Jesus, to hold on, and to not give up. Okay? Hang on and don't give up. Hear it, hold on to it, and don't give up. There are, there are other words of prophecy like this. Hold on to Jesus and hold on to his word. Um, what does this look like? Let me give you kind of an example from Scripture of what I think this looks like. Um, the events surrounding the birth of Jesus were um, obviously extraordinary events. In Luke chapter 2, the angel of the Lord appears to the uh, shepherds who were out in the fields. And this is what he says. The angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Okay, how many know that would be a cool experience? You're out in the field. Angel appears. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. A Savior, the Messiah. And by the way, he's Lord. Like, that's a pretty... That's a pretty big deal, right? Uh, jump down to verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Okay, now watch this. This is my point. Verse 19. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. Okay. Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. Um, the Greek word there for treasured up, it means to preserve, to keep safe, to keep in mind, to keep close, to keep a close guard on. Okay? There are times when you receive something from the Lord, you're not supposed to put on the shelf. You're not supposed to say what, what is what is. You're supposed to take that thing and bring it close to your heart and keep it close to your heart and keep a close guard on it and pray over it and look after it and care for it. Okay? <clears throat> Many times when God speaks to us and you get a test and approved word, we're just supposed to hold it close and keep it close. Okay? Um, hold on to Jesus. Hold on to the word. Don't give up. Is there anyone here in the house today? God has spoken something to you. You haven't seen it come to pass. You're in a process. 
but you're holding it close to your heart. You're holding on to it. Amen? I know, I know. I've got things in my life. I believe God's spoken to me. I haven't put them on the shelf. I'm holding them close to my heart. They're near and dear to me. I'm praying for them. I'm, 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 I'm pressing through them. But nothing else is required of me at that point. Then there's a third type of prophetic word. And so I'm just trying to give context because we had lots of prophecy last week. God's always speaking. We're always in our word. We're always up here trying to find the will of God. We're just trying to give context of what you, what you do with, with a word of prophecy, what you do with a word of encouragement. Um, so category number three. There's a third type of word that when God speaks, it requires action. Actual action on our part, okay? Hear and act. Point number three is hear and act. And it takes discernment to know which one of these categories we need to put it in. I'll give you an example. I've given this before. Um, let's say someone gives you a prophetic word. You're supposed to be a doctor, a medical doctor. Well, and it bears witness to you. You're like, yep, that's in my heart. God's speaking to me. He wants me to be a doctor. Well, listen, if you never go to medical school, are you going to be a doctor? No. And I've made this joke before. I'll make it again. At least you can't be my doctor. Like, you can be other people's doctor. You can't be mine. I want my doctor to have some education, right? Okay. It requires action on your part. Let me give you another example. Maybe it's on your heart that you're supposed to start a business. You're going to be an entrepreneur, right? Well, here's the definition of an entrepreneur. It's a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. Okay. You hear the word risk, financial risks, okay? How many know if you never take a risk, you can't be an entrepreneur? Like you're disqualified from being an entrepreneur if you never take a risk, right? It requires you to take a step. It requires you to take action, okay? Uh, let, me give you, um, let me give you another example. Um, maybe God has spoken to some of you who aren't married. You're going to be married. I've got a spouse for you, Okay? How do you participate in that word? Well, number one, brush your teeth. Okay? Okay? You're not going to find a good spouse. If you don't brush your teeth, take a shower. Let me ask you this. Are you holding down a job? Yeah? That, that's a good one. That's, um, are you? Yeah? Okay. Singles? All right. This is good advice for you. Um, are you going about your day just wearing sweatpants? You know? Come on. Are you taking care of yourself? How do you participate in that word, right? Years ago, uh, when my wife and I were early in ministry, um, I gave a young lady in our, in our college ministry, I gave her a prophetic word, and I said, I felt like the Lord said, you're going to be married within a year. She wasn't dating anyone at the time, and I felt like the Lord said, she's going to be married within a year. Um, and Which, by the way, I don't recommend that. Can we, can we be careful when we do that around here? Maybe come talk to me first. If you feel like someone's going to be married, talk to Emily. Like, I think, if, yeah, that can be scary, especially if it's, if you go to someone and you're like, you're going to be married within a year to me, you know? <laughs> That's called prophetic manipulation right there, okay? <laughs> and hurts people and makes people scared, okay? So I gave her this word. Um, I feel like you're going to be married within a year. And I completely forget about it. But she ends up uh, dating a guy. Um, getting engaged and getting married all within a year, okay? And I actually completely forgot about that I'd given that to her, and she comes up to me later, like, remember you said that I was going to be married in a year? I was like, I did? You know, I kind of tell people not to do that, you know? I, I broke my own rule here. Um, 
And someone might say, well, Pastor Kurt, that's pretty low-hanging fruit. Like, you're in college ministry. You know, it's a, it's a meat shop. Everyone's looking for someone, right? <laughs> and yes, they are. I knew most of them were not there for me or family. They were there to find a spouse. I know the drill, you guys. But we're going to get him Jesus anyway. So, but listen, it's not low-hanging fruit because... We had people in our ministry for nine years, and none of them got married. So some of them didn't get married. So it wasn't low-hanging fruit. But here's the thing. After I gave her the word, I was no longer responsible for it. I, was, I, just, I released it. But she bared some responsibility in that word, too. What did she do? She didn't just stay home in sweatpants. She kept coming to our ministry with makeup on, looking all good, right? <laughs> and then the guy she started dating was coming to our ministry, looking all good, taking care, taking care of himself, right? Okay. And then they, they go out, we went after one of our services, they went out to dinner, and then they got their flirt on into like all hours of the night. And then it happened. They got engaged and got married. So <clears throat> here's my point. Some things God speaks of you are contingent upon your participation, okay? If he's called you to start a business, maybe you, you might need to go to school. You might need to learn about investing, but you're going to have to take a risk at some point, right? If, if God says you're going to be a doctor, listen, medical school better be in your future, Right? If God says you're going to get married, brushing your teeth better be in your future. Some of y'all are busted and you got to take care of yourself, okay? <laughs> so, I don't know what God has spoken over you. I, I, I know that like lots of prophetic words were released this, this last week. I know that we believe and we teach that my sheep hear my voice. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me, okay? But our response to when God speaks can be different. Number one is there are times where we hear the word and nothing else is required of us. We put that one on the shelf and time will test it. Number two, there are prophetic words. I I strongly believe there are prophetic words we're not just supposed to put on the shelf. We're supposed to take them, hold them near and dear, guard them, preserve them, treasure them in our hearts, and God will cultivate that. And then there's a third kind of prophetic word, and I I believe that is a word or word of wisdom where we're we have to take action. We have to take a step of faith. We have to do something at that point, okay? So I don't know what God's speaking to you. I don't know where you're at, but um, I just thought that would be applicable for us coming out of this conference. God did some amazing things, and um, listen, we don't do conferences like that because we're bored, okay? We, have a l- <laughs> we don't have a lot of time in general, but we, we do things like that because Emily and I and our staff take very seriously. We want to equip the saints for the work of ministry, Okay, we want believers at City Lights to be seasoned to go back out into their world and to shine the light and the love of Jesus everywhere they go. All right, so um, I, there's two, two categories of people I want to pray for today. And why don't you guys stand to your feet? And uh, the first category is um, maybe there's, as I'm speaking, um, something has been being stirred up in your mind that, that you felt like God did spoke to you. A dream or a, um, a, a prophetic word God gave you in the past, and you've kind of let that go dormant, and God is rekindling that and restirring that. I want to just pray for, for dreams. I want to pray for um, things that he's spoken over us. And so I'll do that first, and then I'll do the second thing uh, after that. So Father, I just come before you. We lift up every person here, Lord. There are many um, who are holding something near and dear, a promise that you feel like you've given them near and dear to their heart, Lord. And I just pray, God, for encouragement. I pray for strength. I pray for comfort for those people. And, and I believe there's people here right now that um, 
you've spoken things over and you're even rekindling and restirring and, and, and rekindling those flames for things you've spoken over them. And I just pray grace over those things, grace over that. Maybe it's a business that you were supposed to start. God's rekindling that right now in your heart. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe you have a, a prodigal son or daughter that's out there and God is saying, I've told you they're gonna come home. God, rekindle that flame. Bring that back in to the place of intercession, Lord, that we would believe for the things that you've um, put in our hearts, Lord God. So I just bless your people today, God, in Jesus' mighty name. <clears throat> the last thing I wanna just touch on real quick is, I don't remember if it was the Friday session or the, um, or the Sunday session. I actually can't remember which one it was, but Bob had a word of knowledge that there were some in our congregation were dealing with offense from like a previous season. Um, You were hurt by leadership. You were hurt by, maybe it was a pastor, maybe it was a boss. Um, You were hurt by leadership in your life. I feel like that particular word does require some action on our part. We're a church plant, (laughs) which means we get people from all different walks of life. And I don't know what your history is like, or, you know, maybe your last season was very difficult. But I just want to say, we want to be a healthy church. We want to be a church where there's healing. And I don't want to deny the fact that maybe you, you know, just forgive and move on. You know, I don't want to deny the fact that maybe you were wounded, maybe you were hurt. Um, if you're hurt, you're hurt. And let's get it fixed. Let's get it healed. Amen? Let's not stay there. But let's not ignore the fact that, it, you know, you don't go to the doctor with a broken arm. You're like, it's fine. You know, you go to get it fixed, right? And so if that's you, I, I want to just pray a prayer over us. And, but I want to encourage you, Ask the Lord if there's a step you need to take. Um, it doesn't, forgiveness doesn't make what the other person did right. It doesn't, maybe it was crazy. Maybe it's crazy. <laughs> you know, maybe it was wrong. It doesn't make it right, but it does release them um, from being held in bondage in your heart. So I want to pray and just ask the Lord, am I supposed to do something with this? Because I, I do believe there, are, um, there is a percentage of people who, from, from previous seasons, boss, um, a boss or a, or another pastor, maybe just have a wound in their heart. So we want to just, I just want to pray over that. And I believe God's going to give you a, a solution for us. So Father, we just come before you. We lift up um, these offenses. We lift up these wounds to you, Lord. And we just say help. God, we've, we've come to you, the great physician, Lord God. Would you help us, Lord? God, if there's people we need to forgive, if, there's, if we're wounded, Lord, would you help us to heal, Lord? Um, we don't want to ignore the fact that we're wounded, we're hurt, um, but we want to be healed so that we can move forward and shine the light and love of Jesus everywhere we go. So we just lay those things in front of you, God, and we ask, God, are we supposed to forgive and move forward, or are we supposed to process that with you, God? Are we supposed to get um, additional ministry and talk to people about it so that we can get healed and move forward, Lord? So I just pray grace over your church. I pray grace over these people because we want to be free. We don't want to be hindered by our past. And so God, help us to forgive, help us to move forward, help us to love. We love you. We bless you. We thank you for today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.